Welcome to the Two Nutrition Gals in a Mic podcast with Kim and Suzanne. Kim is a registered dietitian and Suzanne is a certified functional nutrition coach. We're two nutrition professionals with a passion for educating folks about the power that diet and lifestyle choices have on our mental and physical wellness. Our goal for this podcast is to provide information about common and sometimes not so common health and wellness issues and provide a perspective that may differ somewhat from what we've learned from conventional medicine. It's pretty informal, sometimes a little goofy, but always informative. That we can promise. Keep in mind, though, this podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or replace medical care. That being said, let's dive into our next episode. And we're back. Yes, we're back under very different conditions and situations with regards to COVID. We're in a lockdown, really. We're pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things are drastically different than they were this time last week here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah. But they just closed the schools today, and uh, relatively speaking, I think people would laugh at us at the panic we have over the numbers that we're having because they're small in comparison to some other bigger places. But for us, the numbers are super high. Super record high. Yeah. Highest they've ever been. Yeah. And we should be kind of, well, we were kind of hoping we'd be on our way out by this point. So anyway, it's been, uh, it just makes our podcast or our episode the next couple weeks, last week and the next couple weeks, even more relative and helpful because uh, we're continuing today with our little series on energy and our discussion for this one is all about Sleep. sleep. Need it. Yeah. Critical to health. Yeah. Sleep is a need to have, not a nice to have. And Kim and I were talking about how I think a lot of folks look at it or don't realize the importance of it. Oh, absolutely. They don't get it. put on the back burner and, you know, um, somehow people are able to function. I guess it just speaks to how the body can adapt to the conditions we put it under. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's contributing to your long-term health and wellness absolutely and what do they that's the the phrase i'll sleep when i'm dead well i can tell you that if you don't work on your sleep and you don't make sure you're getting enough of it that will come a lot faster a lot sooner than it might otherwise right right 100 percent. it's that serious no you know it really does have that much of an effect on health and wellness it's one of the most important things we can do for our bodies and it's actually another one of those things it's just it's actually relatively easy right yeah other than you know trying to get a new routine if you're somebody that's not getting enough sure, sleep sure. but it's not something that costs you money or anything no. like that it's no it's not working out <laughs> you right. can you can do it without having to really you know in fact uh, you want to try to do the opposite i'm a sleeper and i think sleep is blissful so i never struggle with getting enough sleep but, yeah yeah um, and i did for i did for a really long time i it's been in the last i would say two to three years i've become a really good sleeper but up until that point I really did not sleep at all. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't sleep well. I could never nap when I was a kid. I remember having a nap when we were in in preschool or whatever it was, and I hated it because I would lie there trying to sleep. Even in university, 
All my friends would go home and have oh, a nap. Oh, I'm a napper. Love oh, it. I'm good now, but I could never do it. And then when you have kids, yeah, I mean, sleep eludes you anyway. That's yeah. just normal. But um, I know, like, if if I don't sleep, or even if I don't get enough sleep, it's like I feel terrible. Yeah, like sick, yep. unwell. Yeah, me, I get really cranky. Yeah, that too. Really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Really not. You know, it's it's not good. So, um, but I bet. I bet you, I mean, we're not alone in the sense that, um, I bet you there's not, I don't, I don't think I know of anybody who's not had trouble, maybe you, but who's not had trouble with sleep at one point or other in their lives, right? Well, and you, yeah, you certainly have had You know, once in a while, uh, there'll be times when I have trouble sleeping, but Because it's a thing. It's a, it's a thing with a lot of folks and, and, um, and it's, so an interesting stat that I saw was that one in three adults don't get enough sleep. So not surprising yeah, to me, given no. people's lifestyles and absolutely stress levels. Yeah, um, all those things. Um, as we get older, uh, it's I think that we tend to associate lack of sleep or not sleeping as well with getting older or vice versa. Um, and that's actually there's a reason for that. It's actually true. We do tend to have a harder time sleeping as we get older. Um, mostly because our production of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, declines as we age. Right. But there's still a whole lot of things like that. You you shouldn't accept that. Well, and it's uh, we don't need as much sleep when we're older. Not that we don't need sleep, but if you compare it to like an infant who's sleeping right. 18 hours a day, or even a teenager who could easily sleep 12 hours a day. We don't need that much sleep as adults because we've finished growing. Um, but, right. But, but but that said, we need seven hours of yeah, sleep. Yeah. Right. So, but that that's where the the discrepancy lies with a lot of people because again, they get older. They think, oh, I I wake up, I only sleep five hours. That's what I do. Yeah. But as I get older, I don't need as no, much sleep. But no. you still need a base st- amount, and your body does. Yeah. Right. Your body really does, and that seven hours is seven hours of actual sleeping. Right. It's not seven Lying hours in getting into bed, mm. taking 45 minutes to fall asleep, yada, yada. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So, And how many people do you know that are getting seven hours of sleep? Not very many, I don't think. Because certainly you, other... Yeah. Right? You and I, I yeah. know that that's a priority for us for sure. But, but even my kids that could sleep 12 hours a day if you let them... There's lots of times they don't nope. because of, you know, work, school, social life. Yeah, they all the things. Sleep is the last thing on their mind. Yeah. I'll sleep when I'm dead is certainly something I think that that uh, kids don't kids don't necessarily think of it that way, but that's kind of the way that they live, right? There's no time for sleep. I got yeah. things I got to do. Like you know, I got to do. I've people and, say that to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I'll sleep a lot when I'm dead. Well, you will, and you come <laughs> a whole lot faster. Yeah. You'll be dead sooner. Yeah. yeah. Potentially um, if you don't sleep like you should. Yeah, it's not it's just it absolutely is not good for health. So um we are here today to help. As usual. Uh, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> At least we hope we are. <laughs> and we can promise that the information that we're gonna share today in fact I would I would even go as far as to say I guarantee that if you work on some of the things that we talk about today, yeah. 
you will feel better. Your energy levels will go up. Your sleep will improve, or sorry, your sleep will improve. So therefore, your energy levels will yeah. go up. You'll feel better at all the things. Um, and I, I really think that you'll be amazed at how um, how much of an effect it has on how you feel. Oh yeah, like if you're chronically without sleep, you don't even realize it. No, and you don't because eventually it becomes your norm. So it's not until you actually work on, like everything else, right? Until you work on things and practice and and try to make them better. Um, You you don't get it, but you will. You will with this for sure. So last week we talked about drinking water and how much of a big difference it can make in energy levels, among so many other things. Uh, Sleep is another one of those things that plays a huge role in our energy levels, Um, we and we all know that, but it's funny that so few of us make a serious effort um, to make sure that we're getting enough sleep. So, uh, besides energy, sleep is super important. Just really for lots of different things. It's it's closely tied to energy, but the reason for that is because of all the ways that it kind of helps the body function. Yeah, right, and and operate efficiently, rejuvenate all that stuff. Right, yeah. right. Um, so. We should also, especially with everything going on right now, because, again, we talk about COVID yeah. and the stress, stress and, and just everything. Uh, we really should all be paying attention uh, to our sleep quantity, but also our sleep quality. Oh, for sure. There's lots and lots of reasons why people aren't getting the sleep they need. Right, right. Um, despite probably common knowledge that we need it. So energy conservation theory is something I read about, and it's kind of an interesting thought and makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, so when we're sleeping, we use 35% less energy than when we're awake. So that extra energy is still available for the body to use. It's just we're, our breathing slows, our temperature drops, all those things take energy. So the energy conservation of sleep suggests that the main purpose of sleep is to reduce a person's energy used during times when it's inconvenient and less efficient to hunt for food. So obviously this is something that came up centuries many years ago, ago. many years ago, yeah. but it's pretty cool. Yeah. And there's, yeah, is it, it makes sense. So, you know, that's our body's way of saying, um, you know, I need, energy to hunt for food, but I also need to slow down so that I can rejuvenate and then wake up and have the energy to continue to survive. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be sleepier or I'm going to, I won't be searching for food during times that aren't really easy to search for food in the dark. So we're saying search for food in the dark, but I mean, obviously today we're not searching for food. We're going to work. We're you know, trying to be productive in our day-to-day lives where when this came up, that being productive was searching for food. So now it, it looks different, but the premise is the same. Yeah, absolutely. And that ties into, um, I'm sure most folks have heard of it and know of it, but the uh, your circadian rhythm. And that's just basically the internal process that regulates the sleep-wake cycle in our bodies, which uh, very closely tied to the energy preservation um, absolutely yep be, so and it everybody has it um the key is though when you don't sleep properly or you don't sleep well 
it's because your rhythm is is off, right? It's unbalanced or there's something that's just not the way it should be. So there are ways that you can reset them, which we're going to talk about a little later. And in doing so, you can improve your overall quality and quantity of sleep. Right. So I think we've made it clear that sleeping is important. I think you're right. I think they got it. So we'll talk a little bit now about what happens when we sleep and the things that go on in our body that while we're sleepy that can't happen when we're not right and why it's important for us to make sure that we are getting that seven hours every night so the first thing that um to to think about and i think it's probably makes perfect sense and most people are aware of this is healing and rebuilding so we heal when we sleep um the body's made for healing as kim has said lots of times that it's just such an amazing machine um And it'll work on healing whenever it needs to. So you break a bone and it's going to work on fixing that bone. Um, But when we're sleeping, it can focus so much more um, efficiently and and with the extra energy it has, because it's not doing all of the daytime or daily things. Um, so So it'll focus more on the actual healing. And then you're, I mean, healing is, is greatly, um, sped up when yeah. you're able to when when you're getting enough sleep. Yeah, it's allowing the body to have a the time right and the corresponding energy it needs to go with it. Right. Yeah. Right. It it really is that simple. It is. Yeah. Um, so along those lines of healing is cellular restoration. So it allows the cells to repair and regrow. And it's not the same. This repair is not the same as healing. This is normal cell repair that happens just from day to day activities. And it's a normal process of, of how our bodies rejuvenate itself. So, which is a constant thing, right? Like it's doing it all the time, every hour, every day. Every hour of every day, yeah. and some cells, like um, blood cells, they have a lifespan of about 120 days. Yep. Skin cells is more like 30 days. Your gut cells, they regenerate in three to five days. And there's some that are even quicker than that. Sure. But we're talking billions, if not trillions, of cells that, you know, that need to be rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it is done... Well, it requires energy. That's that's yeah. the point. In order to do it efficiently, yeah. the way that it's made to work. If you, you think about you it, when you're alert, you know you need to have the energy to get up, walk around. You need to digest. You need to manage your body temperature better. Mm-hmm. You need your breathing is more. So, you know, without resting and allow that energy to be available to do other things, um, it can be detrimental to your health for sure. It'll still do it, but it's not going to function as as optimally and efficiently as you want it to. So muscle repair. So again, we're not talking about a muscle tear or anything like that. It's just repairing your muscles from the daily activities, Mm -hmm. protein synthesis, which is our hormones and our immune cells. Um, not solely synthesized at night, but a lot of them are done no, at night. When yeah. you're, well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say night. When you're sleeping. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, night is yeah. the way I think of it. But it's not necessarily daytime and nighttime. No, it's, it's when you're sleeping. Sleep time and awake time. Yes. Yeah. Um, tissue growth, hormone release, and, you know, it's all critical functions to our health. Um one study I read on rats, they deprived them of sleep and their um, dying cells were five times more than their um, cells that were 
proliferating or regenerating. And like that's that's a five times. Now this was rats and it was complete sleep deprivation. So it wasn't like they were getting some sleep, but But it illustrates it it illustrates how how much of an effect it has. Yeah, and so if that's night after night for you, then it will catch up to you. Absolutely, absolutely. So the goal is to have a balance between... So when we say cell repair, it's like DNA repair, say. And so the goal is to have a balance at night. You can repair um, damaged ones. As many damaged, you have the energy and resources to repair. To repair them, yeah. And unfortunately, it takes time. Right. So as as everything as does. everything does. So along those lines, the same kind of thing would be brain wellness uh, or health and wellness and detoxification. Uh, sleep plays a huge role in brain health, and sleep hygiene is clo- closely linked to brain and mental wellness. If you sleep less than six hours a night. Um, which I think there are loads of people that do. Um, In doing so, you're increasing your risk of dementia by 30% because a sleep-deprived brain produces proteins that aren't of proper shape, and these improperly shaped proteins build up, and as they build up, the result is brain cell death. Your brain cells, are they die off as a result of them, and that's a hallmark of dementia. Yeah. So it's, it's... um, it's not a difficult thing. Like it's not unrealistic to think that lots of people have this happening all the time because they're not sleeping enough. Yeah. Also, it's when we sleep that the glymphatic system, which is the lymphatic system for the brain, uh, it kicks in when we're sleeping. And this is how the body clears out waste from the brain and also can circulate uh, key nur- nutrients that are especially important for mental health. So getting enough sleep is the best way out there to remove the waste products from your brain. And then it, it I mean, in, in doing so, it keeps you healthier. It keeps your brain working, functioning more optimally. Well, um, and if you think about it, um, if how much activity is in your brain when you're awake, uh-huh. um, and you're probably creating those waste products um, when you're yep. awake, yep. if, if if you can't get rid of it, it's that what we talked about with constipation, right? If Just you're not, they're toxins. If you're not detoxing, you're retoxing. Absolutely. So you again, it takes time to let that glymphatic system work like it's supposed to. Yeah. And and sleeping it, gives the it, brain it, that it, time. It, it can't. Your brain can't do that. And, and everything all else that goes on while you're yep. awake. So you're. You know, it's got a multiplier effect. So not only are you not detoxing when you're asleep, you're awake more, so you're creating so you're more creating waste, more toxins. Yeah, more often. That's right. It's and sleep just gives the time, it gives the brain time to repair, as Kim said, yeah. and to get rid of that stuff. So sleeping too little is just it's not good for anyone. Even just one night of not sleeping the seven hours will mess with this system and it can start setting the stage for, for a number of neurological disorders like Alzheimer's, uh, stroke, and even MS. But they also can have a big effect on things like, um, like kind of more simpler, not simple, but things like decision-making, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and even ADHD. So taking care of sleep problems is a major aspect of treating those issues 
without question, but it's not always thought of when you're when treatment is being considered. Sleep is not always thought or even recognized as a way to help them. Yeah, um, surprisingly. It, well, it, and even for anxiety, one of my kids did a pro, an anxiety program at the children's hospital, and the director or the person leading it told me, um, absolutely, sleep had nothing to do with levels of anxiety. And we've been dealing with that a lot. So I, I basically laughed at him, but I can tell you, just from personal experience, I know it does. Well, it's it's like everything we've talked about. Yep. It may not cure the anxiety, no, but, but it will make it. Yes, it will make it much it. more manageable. Yeah, yeah, and it contributes on both sides, right? It contributes to making it worse, and, and it, it will also contribute to making it better, right? So, and and really, that's that's a hugely important thing really it, what more could you ask for yeah right it seems like we ask that question yeah. a lot like what do you get to lose sleep right right <laughs> we could be telling like... you to do a whole lot worse yeah. <laughs> and i'm sure we will at some point yeah, yeah we're getting there yeah, yeah yeah hang tight so um the next thing i'm going to talk about is brain plasticity theory and it's this is pretty cool yeah brain plasticity is kind of your brain's ability to um Learn or relearn skills. Adapt. Adapt. Right? Yeah. You know, if you think of a, a of a child, and we talk about their brains being a sponge, you know, their brain that's that's that brain plasticity we're talking about. And like everything, the older As we get, get older, that the stiffer we get. <laughs> yes, the plasticity drops. But um, things like vertigo or tinnitus tinnitus i never say that right but even you know even recovering from a stroke or and having yeah like accidents or spinal cord injuries or things where you're required to actually relearn something um without adequate sleep your brain loses that plasticity and so another way sleeping can help you heal and it 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 goes to learning in Mm -hmm. school yeah um it's Not rocket science. No, and it's the brain is so fascinating. Very complex and complicated, but you know, but like, the idea is not. I yeah. think we tend to make things so much more difficult. Than well, I do because I want to learn. I want to know the nitty gritty of well, it. No, no, but, 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 but I mean, we no, I don't typically need... we think, oh, it must be more complicated than that. But no. but it it is when you're learning it that when you get down yeah. deep. For those of us yeah. that like to do that, but it really just sleep but more. It's like you know things like. Areas of the brain that are linked, you know, I can't tell you what the area of the brain is, but the area of the brain (laughs) that when you're studying for a test, so they looked at med students and that particular area of the brain was significantly larger right before they wrote their test than, you know, people that had written the test years before. And that's that brain plasticity that we're talking about. And I know college kids like to do all-nighters and it's... I don't know. I, I, it doesn't. They probably would do better to get a good night's sleep and then because oh, they would because what they but learned yes. in that day will stick better, better because of the plastic that yeah. theory. Yeah. Than if you just keep going all night. Yeah. But it's. I mean, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to 
remember and think of when you're in the moment, yeah. but it's important to remember it because it just serves you so much better. Well, and I didn't know, know all it. this when I was in no. school, and I never did all-liners. So even I recognized that I just retained what I studied that day if I went to bed at a normal time and then got up. Then yeah. if I, but so many people don't. So no, many kids don't. No, and it's that lack of understanding um, with that whole yep. theory of the brain. Yeah. Uh, so another one is uh, hormonal balance. And this time, this is probably one of the only times I'm not talking about sex hormones because that's usually hormones yeah. are kind of my um, my jam. But um, several of, it's, it's closer, circadian rhythm and sleep um, are closely tied to the development or the, the production of the hunger and satiety hormones, yeah. which are ghrelin and leptin. Um, so if we're not getting sufficient sleep, ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone production increases. And then there you've got your wanting to snack late at night. I can attest to that. When I'm tired, all I do is want to eat. Right. And then, and then when the other side of it is not only are you eating more and late at night, which is not a good thing, your choices aren't good. What no. you're craving is not no, it's that healthy for you or carb. Which Quick are fixes. only going to screw with your sleep. So it doesn't only kind of mess with your sleep, but but it, lack of, uh, so you're not getting enough sleep, but also the tendency to gain weight, if you're not sleeping well enough or enough, yes. is there. Like well documented. Right, yeah. Poor yeah. sleep habits can contribute to Yeah, weight. and in a well-regulated, balanced sleep-wake cycle or sleep-wake rhythm, um, you don't you don't have those those kind of um, cravings late yeah. at night, yeah. and that's why. Yeah. That's because you're not producing it too much. I mean, your body's just producing the hunger hormone when you need it, and again, pretty cool thing that body. Yes, it is. Um, memory. So this kind of ties into that brain plasticity theory a little bit, but our ability to focus and learn is. And, and making those uh, memories stick so that they can be recalled in the future is greatly diminished when we are sleep deprived. Yep. Um, you know, our brain at night will, or, I'm saying night again, I mean sleep, During sleep. when we're sleeping, um, will convert short term memories into long term memories. And it will actually erase and forget unneeded information that might otherwise clutter the nervous system, which is cool. cool. So, you know, things like what was the cashier wearing or, you know, yeah. just things that you briefly look things. at. That's your body's way of so that you can, you know, have space to remember the important things. And if you don't sleep, it doesn't get to go through that process. And I know for a fact, if I'm sleep deprived, I cannot focus on anything. Like at work, if I'm sleep deprived, I spend a lot of time of my day walking around the building trying to... Which is frustrating, which increases your stress level, right? It's It's cyclical for sure. Yeah. So when we're learning something new or it doesn't even have to be that obvious, it's just when we're... When we're trying to um, go through our day and remember what we need to remember, it, it goes through three stages. So the acquisition stage, so that's learning or experiencing the new thing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Then the consolidation, which is what 
I was talking about where it converts memories. So the memory becomes stable in yep. the brain. It sticks in your... And then there's recall. So can you remember it and break, you know, talk about it later? So yep. the first one and the last one, the acquisition and the recall happen when we're awake. But the consolidation portion of that happens when we're sleeping. Yeah. If we're missing that piece, our memory will be affected. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can't, I mean, think about it, right? You want to... I don't know. There's things that I want to remember. I want to be able to remember things when my kids were doing. And you can tell now there are certain things that I, um, I didn't, I, because again, when they were smaller, you're, when they're younger, you're not sleeping as well. So those memories aren't necessarily lodged in your brain. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so anybody out there with young kids, I know it's a tough thing to do, but get your sleep. Yeah. Um, so your immune system is also, as uh, again, I keep saying the ones that seem to be a little more obvious, but as you'd expect, if we're not getting enough sleep, our immune system will definitely be affected. Um, and that's why, I mean, my kids are always laughing at me because I have a real thing with, um, with sleep and it bothers me if I know they're not getting enough sleep and largely um, or, or the, the reason for that is, is largely due to the fact that I know that their chances of catching or getting sick go up if they're not getting enough sleep. Yeah. So, uh, and especially during COVID it's, and especially during a lockdown, yeah. this is not, you know, this is not what I want. So this causes me stress. So if they would just go to bed when I ask them to go listen. to bed, <laughs> just listen. everything would be just perfect if they all just listen. But simply put, energy increases with sleep. And this energy can be used by our body to help our immune system better fight off things that shouldn't be in our body. Yeah, it's ensuring your body, your immune is firing in, on all cities. In tip-top yeah. condition. And a lack of sleep makes it harder for the body to, as Kim said, regenerate cells that are key to having a top-functioning immune system. Yeah. Um, also, inflammation in our bodies. This is I thought this was really cool. So inflammation in our bodies. We all have inflammation. Some of us have too much. I would, I think my opinion is most of us do. But again, if you have too much inflammation, it eventually will lead to damage and potentially disease. So that inflammation should reduce when we're sleeping. And if you're not sleeping long enough, uh, which just to remind you, that's at least seven hours every night, um, inflammation doesn't have time to subside. And if you were sleeping less than six hours a night, several nights in a row, again, you're building it up as we're saying, it can get worse. Um, you may notice that your joints are waking up, your joints are stiff, or you have knee pain. Yeah. So sleeping enough consistently may reduce or eliminate these issues that people tend to eventually yeah. go to the doctor for or think it's a bigger problem, yeah. and it can help them well, drug-free. that cellular restoration and the healing. Yeah, it's all linked It's all interconnected. Yeah. Uh, there's also, I thought this is really cool too, there's also uh, growing evidence that connects sleep with allergies. When our circadian rhythm is disrupted or not balanced, the body's reaction to allergens can be heightened. So that can increase uh, the likelihood of, of an allergic reaction, but it can also increase the severity of it as well, uh, which is not good. No, it's not good. And, and and those reactions are dictated by our, our immune system. Right. So the severity and the types of allergic reactions you have. 
depend on how well-functioning your immune system is, and that's all tied into sleep. Another really cool thing and really important right now is that studies have shown, clearly shown, that sleep can strengthen the the effects of vaccines. So ah, that's listen, interesting. If you hadn't already, I'm still having, I'm still waiting for my turn for the COVID vaccine. But you want to make sure you get a great night's sleep the night before and a great night's sleep the night after or the night of. And that that goes back to those immune cells again. The vaccine initiates an immune response in your body, and if I mean you want that. Um, to yep. be a high, strong oh, reaction um, to that, and even though you might not make you feel you very don't well, feel that it's a good reaction. Thing. But yes, um, you want it. So the last thing you need is to get the vaccine and have that that whole process stunted, or you right, know, because your body doesn't have the energy to do what it needs. Your immune yeah. system doesn't have the You're, energy yeah, to do what it needs working to do. like it should be. No, no. So get so, a good night's sleep yeah. before and after. Hundred percent. Okay, guys, here we are. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. You've all patiently listened to us spew off all our little tidbits and information. But this is what you want. How can you, what can you do to get a better sleep? Um, so the first one yeah. is exercise. Oh, yay. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, you know, for whatever reason, exercise can help you get into that circadian rhythm. Um and again, it does not have to be to reset. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be strenuous. No, uh, it can be a walk. It can be ten minutes, three or four times a day. Yeah, anything you know, that gets your heart. Walk on your coffee going. break. Walk on your lunch break. Walk. You know, it's just that activity will help um, prepare your body for rest. Yes, in the evening way or. Whenever it is, whenever it sleep. is, you sleep. Sorry, yes. yeah, keep saying yeah. that. So, yeah, exercise. Perfect. Can then you have routine? So, and this is uh, well, well documented yeah. as well. But you want to go to bed at the same time every night, and you really should get up at the same time every day too. And why you want to do this is again the same as exercise. It'll help reset your circadian rhythm, which will increase your sleep. Huh. Sweep, sleep quality, which in turn helps weight man and uh, sorry weight maintenance, mood, hormone balances. The benefits they are a plenty. That yeah, we've talked about most of them, and it requires some discipline. Oh, absolutely. Initially, well, more so initially, but no. And when I talk about the, I I use the word easy. So they're simple things yes, to do. Simple is a good way. They're to put not it. necessarily easy to initially. establish initially you're trying to break habits and that's not, well, that's easy. not easy for anybody no but if you give it the time you, you know you will your body will get into that rhythm and yep. you will want to go to bed at the absolutely. same time you, absolutely the cues will be there and you'll be ready to go yeah and in keeping or in along the same lines as that it's you're you want to um well, I guess I can I can talk about it a little later, but you kind of want to do things that'll help your body to wind down mm. before you go to bed. And, yeah. and but one of the if you go to the bed at the same time every night, your body will eventually. What will happen is you will reset, and you will help promote the production of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, yeah. when it's supposed to be 
produced. Yeah, your body will and know yeah, what's coming and yeah. it will prepare itself for that. Yep. And it'll make it easier to also it'll make it easier to go to sleep and it will also make it easier to get out of bed. Which is always good. Right. So what you're eating, so of course we have to talk yeah. about food. That would Absolutely. be a little weird if We'd we didn't be remiss throw- <laughs> if we didn't have something about food in here. So there's some foods um Suzanne's going to talk about the timing, but I'm just going to talk about the individual foods. So there's some foods that can inhibit sleep. So chocolate. Sugar. I was going to say sugar. Yeah. Chocolate has both sugar and caffeine. Um, Cheese, interesting interesting. enough. And I guess the amino acid tyramine is kind of like a stimulant. Yep. And so that can contribute. Um, Curries, hot sauce, mustards, um, peppers. Spicier. Yeah, they can't contain a capsi, capsi, uh, how do you say that? Capsaicin? Yep. And uh, now, there are health benefits to consuming oh, that absolutely. product. Not it's before just, bed. Yes, your timing. Um, no different than caffeine, too, right? And, and what it does is it increases your body temperature. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, it makes it more difficult to fall asleep. Fall Sweets, asleep. which we talked about. So it causes your blood sugar to spike. And then when it falls rapidly, and, you know, hypothetically, you could be sleeping at this point, um, causes an adrenal response and increased cortisol levels to try and address those yeah. low blood sugar levels. And all of this ca- will likely make, wake you up. Yeah, to, yeah. Um, well, cortisol is the what gets kicked in in the morning to help wake you up. So right. you don't want it kicking in uh, yeah, after at you've 2 been, o'clock in the morning right. when your blood sugar is too low or because your blood sugar is too low. And they, you know, they also talked about salty snacks, so the popcorns, the chips. Yeah, the thirsty. Yeah, just yeah. because of that, you know, dehydration yeah, portion of it. Yeah, dehydrated. Um, so the, the food you should eat... Um, Foods that are high in tryptophan and magnesium. So uh-huh. magnesium has that muscle relaxing component yes, to it. Talked about several times. Tryptophan is the amino acid that I just think of turkey. Turkeys. <laughs> so you think of having a big turkey dinner and how sleepy you get, and part of that is linked to that amino acid tryptophan. It's so very calming. Yeah. So foods that are high in tryptophan or magnesium. So like bananas, um, which is high in both. Yep. Turkey. Um, milk has tryptophan in it. Um, cherries, believe it or not, asparagus, tomatoes, olives, grapes, barley, rice, nuts, seeds. I read raspberries too. Is really is oh, I'm one, sorry, that's two. not right. Cherries, oh. asparagus, tomato, olives, grapes, barley, rice, nuts, and seeds are natural sources of melatonin. Oh, there you go. So if you um, are having trouble sleeping, you might. Try and factor in some of those foods at During your the day, yeah. supper time meal, or yeah, um, and cutting out the caffeine. Um, you know, some people are different, but it is a stimulant, and it likely is reducing your sleep, even though you may not recognize it. Yeah, it's it's especially doing it if you're consuming it later in the day, for sure. So, six hours before bed, if you consume ca- uh, caffeine six hours before bed, that will equate to one hour less sleep. Ooh. Generally speaking, yeah. obviously people are different, but that's, that's significant. If we're... There's lots of people that have an afternoon coffee. Yeah. And it's a habit that is not necessarily helpful to you. 
Yeah, try the decaf. Right. Um, right. Or water. And go back to the water. Water, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, we, you know, we're, people are having a hard enough time getting seven hours in. You don't want to contribute to that by having too much caffeine. Yep, for sure. So another thing uh, about eating is um, you don't want to eat. Don't eat within two hours of going to bed. And the reason for this is that it gives your body a better chance to uh, have your for your core body temperature to lower. And in doing so, it preps you for a deeper sleep, which, again, helps your sleep quality. Well, you're digesting if you're eating too close to bed. Yeah. That takes energy away from yeah. the other things we talked about that your body does when it sleeps. And you're eating too close to bed. You've got those blood sugar issues that Kim talked about. So you, you really want to... the. The way to look at it, I, or what I use, the guideline I use, is I try to make sure that it's it's longer than two hours. I like to go four to four, three to four hours, but again, that's just because I'm pretty anal about making sure I've got my good sleep and keep it now that I have it to a point where it's so much better than it was. Um, and everybody will be different, but a good rule of thumb is to try not to eat anything other than a decaf tea, like a non-caffeinated herbal tea or water. Those two things are fine. Yeah. Um, but any kind of food, and that's a hard thing. I can yeah. tell you, that's a hard thing. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's 100% worth even, it. Even healthy food. Yep. Like, it's... It just it disrupts your sleep. Well, be- again, because it does, your body still has to do all of those things, yeah. and so your body has a time where it it gives it allows itself time to kind of anticipate you're going to have maybe something else to eat. But if you train your body and this becomes a regular thing, the digestion will shut off at a certain point. Your by another cue, right? Yeah. Your body will start to get ready. And you won't be hungry. And you you won't. I'm telling you, I do not crave things at night. Yeah. And I could never have said that before, really. So I was never a before bed. I never, you know, even when my kids were small, we never had bedtime snacks. And when I was small, we didn't do that either. Very seldom. Every now and then we had a little toast or something. But um, but even when my kids were small, I never did it. And and uh, it my thing was more that it would sit in my stomach or yeah. it would sit in their stomach or it would rev them up. But again, it's all those reasons. It, that really is all the reasons. But um, you don't want to, that's another way to kind of help your kids sleeping as well. Don't give them a bedtime snack. Make sure they have what they're going to eat early enough so that it doesn't mess with their sleep later on. And, and you'll be you'll be happier and so will they. Yeah. So the environment that you're sleeping Absolutely. in is really important. Especially so, when you get older. Yeah. Uh, it should be quiet. Yeah. Um, that isn't always easy to achieve, especially if your sleep schedule is a little different than the rest of the household. Um some people I know like to go to sleep to music, which I think is okay as long as you can fall asleep to music, but you should put it on a timer yes, so that it shuts off. It doesn't wake you Yeah, when you start to kind of um, and naturally if, wake up a little bit. You know, if, if you... I just think of shift workers, right? So if you are, you know, having to sleep in the day when the rest of the family's up and about, then, you know, you can get noise-canceling headphones. Yeah, and, I use earplugs every night, yeah. and I have a, a sleep mask. Yeah. Um, and again, it goes, it makes so a huge difference. So that speaks to the next one is darkness. Oh, so yes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump ahead. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's, um, so you're telling, you know, when you're 
brain registers light, it will naturally think Start it needs to wake up. Cortisol. Yeah, and so like if you ever go to a casino, for example, there's there's no there's natural no darkness, no natural light, and they just you lose track of the yeah. time. You have no idea what time no. it is. It's not dark. It's it's ways well known ways to, to trick keep you awake. Yeah. So you want it to be dark, and again, like Suzanne said, if you're having to sleep in the daytime, or even northern I'm, climates where it's daylight, like 23 right. hours a day, then a sleep mask will help. But I use it. I use it every night, and even things. So as we get older, we just naturally become lighter sleepers, and then also coupled with, um, and lots of times this is more. I think of women more for this, but we wake up through the night. So if you're a lighter sleeper and you wake up more easily. And you've got the light from your alarm clock yeah. poking through your eye. A or, night, last night. night, the light from the moon, moon is coming through. Street lights. Anything. Yeah. Anything like that will affect your sleep. And another thing um, to make sure of, if you do have to get up through the night, don't turn the lights on. Because that will stimulate the things to start your body waking up. So yeah. that's one uh, one time that it's good to have your phone close to you because you can just use your flashlight if you need to to go or, or a nightlight that yep. is motion sensor. Right. So we have we can buy them from Costco. Yeah. They're great. They don't come on. So if you're in bed and you wake up, they're not on. But if you get up, they're on go. if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. The and they're not bright by any means, no. but they're enough that you're not going to walk into the wall. But they're also good for kids when you mm-hmm. think of it too, because kids, this is all, the, I mean, it, it, as we get older, again, we sleep lighter, so we're more affected by it. But children still have that, the same kind of things. Light still will generate their wake yeah. signal and, and cycle. So, um, yeah, so I, I highly recommend a eye mask mm-hmm. and a set of earplugs. Yeah. And it'll feel strange at first, oh. but like everything, you will adapt. Absolutely. And lastly, and you look really funny when you go you to sleep. Will. <laughs> Um, it needs to be cool enough. So the recommendation is to 65 to 70 uh-huh. degrees, I think, is the recommendation. Um, our bodies produce more melatonin when we're cooler. Um, and that's a key. Like, we need to help our bodies produce melatonin. Yeah. Because... And our, our body temperature drops when we're sleeping. Um, we use blankets uh-huh. um, to help, you know... Did you say it generates, helps to produce ser- uh, serotonin? And melatonin the, and serotonin, yeah. 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 Um, and the, uh, so I was questioning that. I'm like, so our body's temperatures drop when we're sleeping, and you're telling us to lower the temperature of the room, but then we use blankets. So it just seems contraindicated. But the act of using blankets is more of a habitual thing that we do that cues our body to say comfort it's time to go to sleep it's comforting and that so the blanket keeps us warm enough that we don't wake up but you want the room cooler so we don't overheat right because if again if you overheat you're you're gonna wake up i mean yeah if you don't if you don't cool the room off and we use a blanket you're gonna be too hot and then you add hot flashes to that (laughs) for folks that have them (laughs) just a perfect storm yeah and um yeah go into the bathroom drinking water like it's just it's all linked right so we want you to do the things you can to try and ensure you're going to have the best sleep possible um we all know what it's like to try and sleep in the summer months when it's too hot it's just not right so if you can cool your room down 
that that will help you sleep. You don't. I mean, you don't want it to be freezing, and you can play. Everybody's different. I like my room to be very cool. Yeah, ours is you know below. I would say below sixty five, but um, certainly in the winter, so which is around you know fifteen, sixteen, I think. Yeah. Um, but everybody's a little different. But you don't want to have it above seventy, which is no. twenty no. Celsius, um, because you just it it just doesn't make for it. A good environment that yeah, it increases the likelihood you're going to wake up. Right, right, and nobody needs that at our age for sure. Nobody needs it at any age. But uh, so another one that is really important or a a great and easy way to help again rebalance that right rebalance that um, a reset that circadian rhythm is to get outside every day, but it's especially beneficial if you can get outside within in the morning every morning within 30 30 to 45 minutes of waking up um and provided the reason, it's light out well it's, yeah but getting, yes you want it to be yeah. light so uh, but you don't that that goes back to you should be kind of sort of waking unless you're you know catching a flight or something which really i just think of the winter months when it's dark well, yeah and, yeah no that does make a difference but you you want to get outside because it will reset it'll kick start your cortisol production and it will help reset cortisol and, and melatonin are on a cycle and you want cortisol to kick in when you wake up not three hours after you wake up, not three hours before you're supposed to wake up. You want it to happen within 30, 30 to 45 minutes. So if you if you wake up and it's dark out, just putting on lights can help well, achieve that. Right, right. So when you wake up, you want to open your curtains. You want to turn on lights. Now, they say that natural light is better, which mm. is why they say to get outside, but sometimes that's not always possible. Um, but it is something easy to strive for. You don't have to go very far. Go out and look at your at your flowers if yeah. you have them. Resist the urge to hit snooze. To, to go back to sleep, yeah. yeah. So get up, uh, get outside, and then you'll help, just naturally help rebalance that um, uh, cortisol, melatonin um, cycle or, or balance so that each one is kicking in when it's supposed to. Right. So shut down electronics one hour before bed. So I don't think that's news to most people. Um, so. I actually say preferably two hours, but I think that's almost impossible for most people. Yeah. I know I struggle with it. Includes big time. Uh, your phone, your laptop, your um, TV, video game, whatever electronic that... Mm-hmm. That produces blue light. Because the blue light okay. from them messes with melatonin. Yeah. And I know I when I wake up at night, I will reach over and grab my phone to find out what time kind it of, is. And there it is in my hand. And it, it takes a lot of discipline to just put it down. Yeah. So those electronics are not good to signal to your body that it's time to go to sleep. If you put them down and an hour before, that's just another trigger mm-hmm. To say, okay, it's mm-hmm. time to get ready to go to sleep. Yeah, but it actually is the thing that the blue light will uh, uh, slow down the production of melatonin. Yeah. And and again, those are the things that our body does to make sure that we're asleep and awake when we're supposed to. And our everyday life just messes with all those symptoms, yeah. or symptoms all those systems that really are, are should work perfectly in a perfect world. You're right. Uh, so another thing that uh, is is delightful to do 
before bed, and it's it helps to generate the cues, um, is to kind of help your body wind down before you go to bed by drinking a warm bevy in the evening. Yeah, like an herb, Yeah, an herbal alcohol tea. Alcohol-free. Alcohol-free, too. Yeah, if you're going to do alcohol at night, have a happy hour. Stick to happy hour and make sure it's behind the two hours or within the two, before the two hours before you go to bed. Um, but also a warm bath is a great um uh, help for inducing sleep. So the warmth um, is soothing, but it also so it helps the body to kind of relax. But it it's also the way it works is that um, it actually helps draw the heat to the outside, like your extremities, right? So your skin, the surface of the both, skin, right? The surface, both of them, warm beverages and the bath. Um, and so in doing so, it helps to lower your core temperature, which as Kim said, our bodies need to have, the temperature has to lower in order for us to be able to go into a deep sleep. Another mm-hmm. thing too, is if you get into a tub, put Epsom salts in your tub, in your bath, um, and then some nice essential oils, um, the magnesium from the Epsom salts yeah. will, you'll absorb it through your skin and it'll just help you naturally sleep better. Um, the, uh, yeah, the alcohol thing is, is really important too. So if you're going to get in the bath, I know it's hard not to have a nice glass of wine while you're in a nice, is, yeah. calm, relaxing bath. But, and if you do that, of course it's fine, but it's not going to help your sleep nearly as much as right. you have. It shouldn't be something maybe you do regular. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. It, it's a nice, it's a nice little treat, but, um, if you're looking to help your sleep, it's better to stick to the herbal teas or, or maybe some lemon water is nice too. So, um, another thing in keeping with that is to use, I love to use essential oils. I put them in my diffuser before I go to bed. Um, this, the, the scent is relaxing. It'll help your brain relax. And they actually have, a lot of them have been proven to actually promote relax, relaxation in the body. Lavender, cedar wood, vetiver. Yeah, especially, I mind. mean, if it's pleasant, that's... Oh, but that's anything that's pleasant. Yeah. Will just naturally help you relax. Yes. Yeah. Right? Nice, soothing music, as you said. So, um, yeah. So those things really, I mean, they're not... Some of them, I think the two hours before going to bed might be a little bit different or not eating sorry two hours and the electronics and the electronics i mean most of us know but we don't know exactly kind of how to do it i will say last week i'm usually pretty good at turning my phone putting my phone down for the most part before then um but last week i was later doing everything so i was working in the evening and then i sit down and i start scrolling through of course to see what the exposure covid exposure sites are whatever as it turned out i i had my phone until almost 10 o'clock i tossed and turned all night yeah. long yeah and i i knew i know it's a thing i mean again mm-hmm. it's been proven yeah but i could not believe how yeah. how immediate well, the effect it's, was it's like all of these tips until you try them yeah. and make it part of your routine you won't realize how much it's affecting your routine and mm-hmm. your sleep and your um energy levels the next day right so like we always say give us a try uh, yeah you got nothing to, nothing lose. to lose and everything to gain yeah Controlling stress. Oh, oh, how how hard is that? You hear it everywhere. Yes. We need to control our stress. We talked about the cortisol production when we're under stress. So the more stress you have in the day, the less likely you're going to be able to just Absolutely. settle down yeah. and go to sleep. So our cortisol spikes in stressful situations. 
if you have sufficient sleep and your rhythm is well balanced, you will recover from that spike and you will calm down faster. So if you are someone like me, when my children were small, yeah, you, you, if you're sleep deprived, it can take longer for that recovery, which then can interfere with your sleep. So a vicious circle, a a vicious circle again, um, if you don't have a regular sleep pattern or sleep long enough, then your cortisol levels go up. And then when you have stress, which we all do every single day, we don't bounce back as quickly because our cortisol levels are already elevated. We can't settle at night. Um, and it interferes with your sleep and the cycle yeah. starts all over again. So if you're somebody that struggles with winding down before bed, you may need to look at managing your stress levels better. And part of that is getting enough sleep. Yeah. It will make it better. Yeah. And it will make it worse if you don't. So if, you know, some people have stressful days. Every day their job is stressful. But if you kind of implement some of the other tips we have, then you might find those stressful situations not as stressful. Exactly. And then you will find your sleep will improve as well. Yeah, so you can also, if you're trying to manage your stress, meditation, exercise again, mm-hmm. self-care, me time, bath, bath yeah, we talked about, um, and being social. Yep. You know, it's hard with COVID, but social relationships are critical ways, yeah, I mean, important ways, easy ways mm-hmm. to reduce your levels of stress. Yeah. Definitely. Nobody likes to be alone, or very few people like to be alone well, for long periods of time. It just, yeah. It will help. Yeah. So there are a few things that we're just going to touch on quickly here that we didn't really talk about um, before now, but they're just little things that we thought would be helpful. Yeah, little miscellaneous things yeah. that are interesting. We found interesting anyway. Yeah. Um, so sleep debt, it's a thing. It's a real thing. So I talked about, or we talked about these seven hours a night, of of actual sleep um and when you don't get that you actually go into sleep debt yeah and it builds over time so if you're four nights in a row you're sleeping six hours a night then your sleep debt is four hours the really cool thing is you can also replace it and fix it um but chances are you're not going to be able to do it all at once yeah the misconception that you can not sleep one night and then just get a really good night's sleep the next night it doesn't work that way um it you can fix your sleep debt but it takes time to fix it and and, uh the um jet lag getting used to a new time zone is very that's kind of the best example of that um that it takes they say it takes a day, an hour, a day for every hour to get change. caught up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so don't expect, you know, you can kind of catch up, but you're not going to catch up all of it. And it just, go, it, it just speaks back to that need for that routine. Cause if you're chronically not getting enough sleep, you're never going to get that debt no, repaid. Think won't, of it as a loan. You typically are not going to go to sleep any earlier, right? Yeah. You might one night. But one night's not going to do it. No, it, so, it'll take, depending what the sleep debt exactly. is, uh, will take What's you. your debt load. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good way to put it and think about it. Um, I want to just talk about sleep apnea mm. for a second. So it's, I have it. It's um, fairly rampant, I think, in our population. I think a lot of people are undiagnosed. Yeah. Um, it's wicked sleeping next to her, I'll tell you. Holy moly. <laughs> she tells me she snores. 
Well, guess what? She doesn't snore. She stops breathing. <laughs> and so then it affects my sleep if I'm in the room with her because yeah. I'm afraid oh, it's she's funny. dead. Um, girls trips or like when the kids were going away for hockey tournaments and someone would ask me, do you want to share a room? And I'm like, no, you don't oh, want to share a room with me. It took years before you would share a hotel room with yeah, me. Yeah. And it's... Now um, I know why. So I could go to bed at, and get my seven, eight hours of sleep, but I would wake up exhausted. So if and that's you, not good. That's- no, if, if you're that person where you are getting enough hours of sleep, but you're exhausted and it's, I read it's, it's an exhaustion that's hard to explain. So I read one where it was like an out of body experience and that was a really good way to put it because it's just a fatigue that you can't really so tired. explain. Yeah. And, um, recommend go get tested if you even most places will do a free test to see if you have it i think it runs way more rampant in our society than we know i myself in my case i've snored since that day i was born um and it has to do with being having oversized adenoids in my nasal cavity but um but so and i read too that some people don't breathe like you or yeah. stop breathing yeah. or hold their breath. I hold guess their is breath. What it yeah. is. And then, but some people snoring in some cases is a sign of it too, right? Oh, no, yeah. no question. Yeah, um, yeah. Snoring is, is certainly a sign. A lot of times your sleeping partner, if you have one can the best person to-, <laughs> to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, other health consequences with having sleep apnea. So it's a serious mm-hmm. thing that, if you suspect you might have, um, if you're a snorer, people tell you snore, you should go get checked. It's worth getting checked 100%. because doesn't it, it can be linked to things like stroke and high and, blood pressure, again, heart no disease, oxygen deprivation. Exactly. It, so when you stop breathing, your everything works harder and that just think to of, keep you alive. <laughs> think of wear and tear on a vehicle yeah. if you're revving it up. And a couple of times I've woken up and I've just been choking on like that's crazy. stomach acid and when your thoracic pressure raises when you have those periods of not breathing and then you take that big gasping breath it's like everything, everything comes from out. your gut comes up including from your toes yeah like your stomach acid and you wake up it's happened to me a couple of times and there's no re- i have the machine there's no reason i shouldn't wear it every single night but it's not very comfortable i mean you do adapt and you get used to it but just like a sleep mask yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so notable. I if I don't wear the it, difference. Oh yeah. 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 It's worth doing then. Um shift work. Oh yeah. That was another thing that um it's it's just worth noting. Um and I my mom I think of my mom with this because she's in she was a nurse and so and she worked nights. And um it's important for Again, as we've talked about how important sleep is for everybody, but it's especially important for um, shift workers to work on some of these things that we've talked about. Extremely challenging. Yeah, because they're sleeping at a time where people aren't sleeping, where it's light outside, where there's a whole lot more noise. So, I mean, they're obviously, I, I mean, I would bet that somebody who comes off, let's say a nurse who comes home after working nights, isn't necessarily going to hop in the tub. Okay, fine. But a nice, warm, yeah. non-caffeinated drink, a sleep mask, essential oils, um, 
what was it? Oh, earplugs, the other yeah. one. Those are things that really will help. And it's so incredibly important for them because it's very difficult, almost impossible, I would say, for shift workers to be able to reset, properly reset their circadian rhythm. So it's and, always yeah. going to be in a state of yeah. imbalance kind of so, thing. And if you can, um, if you are a shift worker, if... You know, you can somehow talk to your employer and get longer stretches of being on nights. But yeah, my mom worked nights full time. So there's, yes. yeah, there's yeah. people it's that work. It's easier. Yes, it's easier. It's easier to kind of reset. Yeah. Or but if you're working nights and days, if you can, you know, talk to your employer. And most of them know it. I'm sure they're doing the best oh, they can to accommodate. This but isn't new. This is yeah, not. Everybody longer, knows this is The thing. longer you can go working nights say a month consecutively and then you can go a month a day yeah. that kind of thing as opposed to week to week yeah that's why it's so it's hard for nurses and nurses oh, are at a, a much higher risk for all of the problems that we've talked yeah. about because they work like they'll work three days on four yes. days off four days on three them. days off and then they the switch they do exactly yeah. so so if you are a shift worker it's really super important that you're you do what even you can. more mindful of trying to make sure when you do sleep. Well, if you can somehow make your the times when you're working night shift to make your day routine the same as yes. what you do when you're working days, there will be those cues and triggers at yep. least for your body. Yeah. So if you Perfect. take a bath at night after work, a day shift, and go to bed... It'd be ideal if you could come home after working be. a night shift yeah. and have a bath and go to bed. I think of my mom and she'd come home and then she'd get us all off to yeah, school. That's so the problem. sometimes it's hard, but no, it's, it's not always hard. that the case. And eventually kids grow up and you don't have to get them off to school. And yeah. uh, But it's just really important to be aware of it because it does have such, plays such a huge role in uh, optimal health yeah. and conversely can play such a huge role in um disease yeah, development and, and problems. If we don't give our body what it needs, it won't things, do what we need to do. Yeah, things will happen. Yeah. So that pretty much... Okay, before we finish up, I just wanted to throw in a little part on uh, other ways, kind of things you can take or do more specifically to try to get you to uh, either fall asleep, stay asleep, be more relaxed set you up for a better quality and quantity sleep uh, before reaching for the over-the-counter drug or the prescription med that lots of people take in order to sleep. Um, my first suggestion would be herbal teas. And as I mentioned, drinking tea or something warm before you go to bed is a great way to help the body relax. So set you up to fall asleep and stay asleep. Some of my favorites are Tulsi or holy basil tea, uh, chamomile, skull cap, and valerian root are also really very great for relaxing um, and in some cases falling asleep at night. There are loads of organic, really high quality teas available and um, I really highly recommend you get into a routine. I know I found one I love and I have it every night before I go to bed and I mean I don't even know at this point whether it does anything in terms of helping me fall asleep um, with the herb, but it definitely helps me relax and it's part of my routine. So it sets up those cues that we've been talking about that help set you up for a great sleep. Uh, and then we have supplements. 
which we usually have a segment on that. Um, as always, make sure you consult your healthcare provider before you start taking anything, especially if you're taking medications, because it's important to make sure that there aren't any contraindications between medications and supplements. But for the most part, these um, these supplements that I'm kind of suggesting you might want to give a try are, are very safe. Uh, the first one is magnesium, and we've talked about that in several other episodes. Uh, it's a calming mineral, and it's especially good for relaxing muscles, which often when we're tense, it's, I mean, we're not going to go to sleep if we can't relax our muscles. So this is kind of a way that, or magnesium is one of those that will help you kind of relax from the inside. Uh, and it benefits you in a lot of other ways too. It's, it's really great for restless leg, which is often a cause, especially for women, uh, for that nighttime wakening. And then once we're awake, we can't go back to sleep. So that's one you can try. Uh, GABA is my personal favorite. Uh, this little gem is a naturally occurring neurotransmitter that can help calm your brain before sleeping. So I find this one especially great when my mind is racing in a hundred different directions before I go to sleep. I also find it really great if I wake up during a time where I've got a lot on my mind and I find my mind starts to go automatically. I'll take one instead of that before I go to bed. I'll take it before or when I wake up. And it's excellent for falling back to sleep. Um, and yeah, so, and, and all of them, we all have used this in our house to great success. And the last one is a more well-known one. And we've talked about it. It's, it's melatonin. Um, and it's a, another naturally occurring, this is a hormone in your body that, uh, as we said, as you get older, you just don't produce as much of it. So we become lighter sleepers. So lots of folks find success with melatonin. Um, and it just helps the body to set you up kind of for a sleep. And it, it helps to balance that cortisol melatonin, um, uh, ratio or how they both work and when they're supposed to work. I will say, um, Melatonin, it doesn't work for everybody. I find it does not work for me at all. It almost has the opposite effect for me, but it does work for my husband, and he finds it especially good to help with jet lag when he, of course, he hasn't traveled in a while, but um, when he was traveling a lot, he did find that that was super helpful, especially for long-haul flights. Um, also important to note, it can give, it does give some folks pretty crazy nightmares so i really recommend just stick with the minimum amount or start with the minimum amount recommended on the bottle um, and and see how you react to it the other thing is you just don't want to take too much of it for too long because your body will get used to that and it won't necessarily kick in making its own or your your, your natural production of it can decline so you want to use it more as a way to promote your body into making its own again, or more of it, as opposed to the crutch that you're going to use forever. So those are some things that I think are great options to running out and buying an over-the-counter med. Um, it's certainly a better place to start, I think, even though I know sometimes those are necessary, but I think these, you'd be amazed at how effective these are. So give them a try. Wraps up our does, yeah. episode on sleep. Again, I think it's pretty obvious now that sleep is important. Um, few key takeaways is routine. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
make the more routine you can make yourself, just like when you had babies. Yes, exactly. The better routine you can um, make it, the routine, easier it will be. Uh, watch what you're eating, when you're eating. Yep. Make that environment optimal, like sure. with the lighting yeah. and the noise. Turn the lights the, down, turn the noise down, turn the blue light electronics down. Definitely, yeah. And I think as we say a lot, is to don't get too frustrated uh, if it doesn't fall into place as easily as you would hope. Or as quickly as you as would quickly hope. As quickly as you yeah. would hope. Because these things take time. It takes time, and you're changing, like I said, habits, and that's those... Yeah. It, Like Suzanne said, they're not hard. They're simple, but they're hard. Right. They or can be always, hard. Yeah, they're not so, always easy to an instant. You've got these existing habits in place that, you know, I think it's... You just have to give yourself time to get used to them and give your body time to acclimate to What do you got to lose? Yes, nothing. So make sure, again, seven hours. Seven hours, yeah. There's your... So if you're... You know what time you have to get up and you have to get up at a set time every day, count back seven hours and then count back another hour to give yourself time to get ready for bed, get into bed. Exactly. Read a little bit before you go to bed so that you're asleep. But... um, I can, I really, they'll help. They will help. And I think the time, if you take, if you normally sleep four hours and you're saying, I don't have time to sleep another three hours and an hour to get ready. Then you have another problem. Well, no, I think, I think if you do it, you'll be more productive in the day and you will have That's what I mean. You're you're probably, you've got other issues if that's what it is, your other areas that you have to work on. So thank you. And we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Hopefully this time next week we'll we'll have... Better COVID numbers. We'll have less COVID numbers. Take care.